Welcome to another episode of the Indie Cornrows Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Schindler, and today I'm fortunate enough to be joined by Jeff Siegel, the creator of Early Bird Rights and just a really great mind for the NBA salary cap. Jeff, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing well. How are you? Good, man. I can't complain. I can't complain. So uh, I was really excited to, to get you on today because uh, something that I've really been following and I don't understand the cap quite as well as you do. So I, I was thinking it would be great to have you on to talk about the, the impact that we're going to see uh, on some of the financials next year. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's a it's a big talking point right now. Obviously, there there are bigger things in the world going on, but you know, the the NBA and the uh, Players Association are are getting together probably every day at this point, trying to to hash out all the different uh, different scenarios that may uh, that may occur. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And one of the things that has been really interesting to look at is I have seen varying numbers. Um, but I'm wondering if generally you have like a pretty good sense of uh, how much the the cap will drop for uh, on average next year. I don't think anybody has a good sense of that. Like mm-hmm. even if you you could ask Adam Silver, and I'm not sure he has a good sense of that. Like we yeah. just don't have any idea where this thing is going. We don't know how much of the rest of this season is going to be played. We don't know how they're negotiating what next year's cap is going to be. We don't even know if next year is going to be is going to start on time or you know how that's going to play out so to say that that we know i don't think anybody could have any idea really where this thing is going we've kind of have sort of general thoughts of like mm-hmm. it's probably not going up from 115 million from the projected you know 115 million but it's we have no i mean it could be 100 million it could be 110 it could stay at 115 you know it's it's really difficult to uh, to really nail that down at this point yeah, especially with uh, we already were going to probably see well not as much gain because of what what the impact from uh, China earlier this year. So that compounded with obviously is astronomical what, what's going to happen with the cap. Something that I've been thinking about in terms of the impact on free agency. Do you think we'd maybe see more short term deals? Because I feel like the idea of anybody getting a max contract this summer is. is kind of difficult to think about right now with, with the way that the cap's headed. Teams that have the money maybe aren't going to be as willing to spend it, or maybe the money's just not going to be there. Yeah, I mean, I think you, I think max contracts, you're not going to see the length that you, use, that you may in, in other situations. Like if this, if the 2020-2021 cap comes in at $115 million and everything is fine by the, by the time the season rolls around in October, then you may see Anthony Davis sign a, a five-year max. Maybe you see him sign a two-year max, and then he gets back on the market when he's got uh, when he's got ten years of experience, something like that. But if if the if the cap drops by really any amount that's that would you know be a, a significant amount, like down to 110, 105, 100 million, something like that, then you may see guys who are max players, like Anthony Davis, is really maybe the only one on this year's market. Mm-hmm opt out like he can and then take a one year max and then get back out there when uh, when the financials are sort of back on you know back up to where the the levels that they should be in 2021 you know it really just sort of depends on on where the cap comes in and we have no idea at this point I don't think anybody has any idea where that uh, where that is going to come yeah definitely and as as far as opt outs one one thing that I've seen that seems like it'll be pretty prominent this year the majority of players with player options are going to opt into them because i mean like like you just mentioned anthony davis was one who was primed to to accept the max contract after opting out of his player option uh but now it definitely seems like that's going to be the norm to probably opt into them yeah i mean i think a lot of guys because this market was relatively tepid 
both in terms of players and in terms of teams with a lot of money to spend. A lot of these guys with high-end options were probably going to opt in anyway, like Gordon Hayward, you know, Jamar DeRozan. You know, DeRozan's made some noise about opting out because he's just kind of unhappy in San Antonio. But if he opts out of $27 million or whatever it is and then gets you know, 13 with his yeah. next team, I think he'd rather just have the 27 and be, you know, and, and try to angle for a trade out of San Antonio or something like that. You know, Andre Drummond is in a really interesting situation. He can opt into 27 and, or he can opt out and work out a long-term deal with the Cavs. But if he opts out and then that long-term deal doesn't materialize, where does he end up? You know, he probably is not, he's nowhere near a $27 million player. Yeah, is not. he somewhere down in the 10 to $15 million range as well? You know, the, the, and the teams that have, you know, the teams that have space and, and the money to spend, really Charlotte's the only one that's kind of looking for a center. Um, you know, so there are a lot of, of you know, I think there are a lot of guys with those high-end player options who are, are probably going to opt in, you know, particularly if, if things are sort of uncertain going into next year. Yeah, definitely. And so kind of tampering down a little bit to just focusing on the Pacers, I think a lot of people have made noise about, you know, Anthony Davis and some of the higher end free agents, but somebody who's been near and dear to my heart in Indiana, Justin Holliday's had probably the best season of his career. And he's in line for uh, probably one of the first long-term deals that he's gotten in his career, uh, shooting over 40% from three this year and playing really well across the board. Um, But does my question is, does his value drop or are there just less teams that are going to be willing to pay him the amount that he's maybe warranted or is it kind of going to be a mix of both? I think he's one of the rare guys that this whole thing may not affect as much as some other guys, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, he, he, you know, you, you, like you said, he's having the best year of his career. You know, maybe this year is over, so he's had the best year of his career. Yeah. You know, he stayed healthy again, best true shooting of his career. You know, tro- you know, real strong defensive season, fit in really well for a Pacers team that that needed him to to play the role that he did. I don't think that, you know, the fact that he played well, you know, that this pandemic doesn't change any of that. You know, the mm-hmm. only thing that it would change is if he, you know, uh, you know, unfortunately were to, you know, get the coronavirus and then something happened, you know, long term that would affect him. But even that, you know, probably wouldn't affect him long term. At this point, you know, how he's played shouldn't, shouldn't change how people think of the, you know, this whole stoppage shouldn't change how people think about him. If, if anything, it almost helps him that they didn't, you know, that if the playoffs don't happen, he didn't have a chance to, you know, perhaps have yeah, a, no a poor, you know, a poor, poor playoff run. Then that's the last thing that's in everybody's mind. Right now, the last thing that's in everybody's mind is that he had a great year, you know. So that, you know, he's got uh, he he made about four point eight million dollars this year. I would expect that he's on on track for a, a pretty significant raise off of that, and you know, the cap is tied to the or the non taxpayer mid level is tied to the cap. And that's sort of the money that he's probably looking at. You know, Jeremy mm-hmm. Lamb, you know, in, in Indiana signed that, you know, three-year, you know, whatever, $31.5 million deal, I think yeah. it was, last summer. That's sort of, I mean, maybe he's not quite at that level, but he's probably thinking about himself as, as relatively close to that level, you know, based on the uh, the play that he showed this year. So, you know, I think the, the, the mid-level exception is tied to the cap. So if the cap drops, that, that tax, the, the, the non-taxpayer mid-level will drop as long as, as well as all of the other, you know, over the cap exceptions. So, you know, he would end up losing a little bit of money based on the, you know, the, a percentage drop in the cap. Everything would drop, you know, with that. But, you know, I think for, for a guy who, you know, has made 
a lot of money for the you know for normal people, but has not made yes. a ton of money in terms of NBA you know NBA players. He's you know I think he's on track for a, a pretty you know a pretty hefty raise this summer, and the the overall drop in the cap shouldn't totally affect that. I think there are going to be a few teams who would have been non-tax teams who may now be tax teams because of the drop if there is a drop that would that may take a suitor or two off the board but in terms of the the big picture he's going to have multiple teams coming down to to you know knocking on his door with that non-tax pyramid level or a large part of it to to pay him okay and then so moving on to another player uh he's really the only prominent free agent this summer i mean alizé johnson and uh, Jakar Sampson are free agents as well, but they're both on minimum deals. Um, Victor Oladipo, who does not have a player option or team option, his deal ends next offseason. And my question kind of is, he was already looking, I mean, he, was, he wasn't he was back to himself yet. He's still coming off injury. Uh, but even if he were hypothetically 100% healthy next year, he is, like, he's one of the guys who, you know, he's not on the same level as Anthony Davis or uh, or Paul George or LeBron, anybody like that. But he's still going to probably warrant uh, a long-term max contract. Um, how do you think that this will leak into next year as well? And that could impact uh, the way that, that contracts are given out in length. And he's, he's an interesting case. I mean, he, he makes $21 million, which means that basically there is no, there's no wiggle room for, for a long-term extension because mm-hmm. he doesn't make enough money to be extended at, at a number that makes sense for him. He could only take a 20% raise, but he's obviously going to get a lot more than that if he just waits till 2021. So he is going to be a free agent in 21. At this point, I mean, it's really, I think the Pacers really have to ask themselves, are they willing to pony up that 30% max for him? For, for him? And I think, you know, that, that comes down to, you know, how willing are they perhaps to take a small tax bill in 21, 22? If not, then, you know, do they have a, a way to move, you know, maybe one of Sabonis or Turner? Do they want to bite the bullet a year early and try to try to move Oladipo this summer or or at the, in the early part of next season to to get full value for him so that you know another team would really value having his bird rights? They could trade him for you know something you know a, a really massive package of of picks and young players and try to uh, try to sort of kickstart a rebuild but still you know have a have a, a solid team around Brogdon Turner and Sabonis. There are lots of different sort of options that they can take it really you know some of it will come down to the finances and whether you know whether ownership is willing to spend heavily over the you know then these next few years after Oladipo kicks in you know I think that's based on their history based on the market they're in I would assume that the tax is sort of like a a a hard ceiling on how much they're willing to spend if that's not true if they have a great run in the 2021 playoffs and all of a sudden it's you know they they make the conference finals and they can really sell the, sell ownership that they're going to be able to push for a championship. Then you can see Oladipo coming back and them spending just a little bit into the tax next the, in twenty one twenty two. But you know I think the uh, the the operating I think the operating theory behind the Pacers at this point would be that they would be a little bit reticent to to pay the tax that year. That is going to be a tough pill for some uh, some Pacers fans to swallow for sure. Uh, but yeah, this whole thing is just a, a crazy, crazy dilemma that obviously we can't even imagine the full proportions of yet. Um, but, but generally, I mean, obviously we've never seen anything like this happen before. Um, but what, 
does it look like for the cap to recover? Like how long could that potentially take or uh, how long are we going to face maybe ramifications of this process? I mean, we, we could see the cap be 115 million next year. Like that's, there's, there's no, if this thing ends and the, the NBA can come back in October and they can sort of tell, they can say to themselves, they can look at the projections and be like, we're going to make all of the money for 2020, for 2020 slash 21. If they're going to make all of the money for that year, then the salary cap has to reach that level as well. If they're, if they've got the China situation figured out, they've got, you know, you know, fans are allowed to come to games in October and everything is just right on track like normal. Then the cap is going to be 115 million and we just move on like nothing ever happened. You know, I think that's, that's the rosiest possible interpretation of what could, what could happen, but it's, it's on the table that that could be the, the way that this shakes out. You know, if the, if the cap comes down to maybe 110 million, something like that, then it's probably just a one year blip. And then back by 20, by 2021, 22, we'll be right back to normal. Okay. If this is a massive drop, I mean, if we're talking about a, a $95 million cap, then, then they might have some conversations about how to smooth the, the hit in over, over multiple seasons. I know they, they tried to do smoothing in the other direction in 2016. The, the Players Association was having none of that, and they just had, that's why we had the huge spike in 2016. Mm-hmm. You know, I would hope that the Players Association has learned from that and sort of understands that that created a, a particularly unbalanced environment for their constituents. And that's why, you know, the 2017, 2018 off seasons were relatively tepid in terms of money spent because so much money was spent in 2016. This would be the reverse of that, where the cap would come down by so much that maybe the players association would be more open to smoothing it in the, uh, and ownership may be the, the side of things that go, Hey, I don't want to do that. You know, it, it would all be up to, to negotiation at that point. If there's a huge drop and they want to smooth it in, maybe we're back to normal by like 2022 or 2023, something like that. But you know, at, at this point, without knowing where this thing is going, how the 2021 season is going to be affected, we, it's, it's really difficult to, to know which way this thing is, is going to go. Yeah, definitely. And so just kind of lastly off of that, um, is it, well, I mean, obviously neither situation is ideal, but would it be better to be a team like the Pacers and have your money already locked up uh, pretty much for the most part moving forward and not really have to worry about free agency too much this summer? Or is it better to be a team that has a, a lot of cap room this summer? Well, uh, that depends on what your goals are. You know, if your goals are to, to win, if your goals are, are very much based on, on the court success, I think having your guys already locked in is relatively good for you because you don't have to venture out into free agency. Your, the, the free agents that you're pitching are not, are, are, are going to be willing to, you know, the, the smaller level free agents that you're pitching are going to be willing to come to you because they're not going to be as affected by these things. Mm-hmm. You know, the teams that are fishing for these massive, you know, the, 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 the big fish, the, the guys who are the best players in the league, they're going to be affected by this because they're going to lose, they may lose a whole bunch of cap space and all of a sudden they can't pay these guys. But if nobody can, then all of, then, then some of these guys are going to take shorter term deals, stuff like that. So I think if you're looking just from a, a basketball competitiveness point of view, I think having, your guys locked up is all, you know, they're already paid. They're happy with their contracts. They're under contract. They're good, you know, and, or you have full bird rights like they will on Oladipo mm-hmm. and you can bring him back for up to the max. It's no problem. The non basketball side of it is 
you know, ownership is losing a ton of money right now. The, the fact that there are no games, everybody's losing money across the league for a team like Indiana, who is in a small market already, is probably not, you know, super profitable if they're profitable at all. That's, I mean, that's where this thing, you know, gets, gets a little dicey is if, you know, if the cap really drops next year, if the tax line also really drops next year and you've already got all of this money locked in, then you've got very little wiggle room to add to your team. You've got very little wiggle room to, you know, bring back a guy like Justin Holiday, do anything on the free agent market, anything like that. And then all of a sudden, you, you know, maybe you're getting pressure from ownership that says, Hey, we can't afford to pay these guys. We need to, to cut payroll. We need to, you know, trade Miles Turner for, for less, you know, for less money. We need to trade TJ Warren for less money. Like you may get some financial pressure from ownership. A lot of teams are going to be feeling that, but a, a particularly a Pacers team in a small market may be feeling that a little bit more than other teams. Okay. That makes sense. And then also, I just had a thought off of that. Uh, do you think, I don't want to say unprecedented because we've seen a lot of movement in free agency lately, but do you think it, the likelihood of guys accepting uh, really short-term deals to, to go to a completely new team is more possible this summer? I mean, you would think that a drop, if there's a drop in the cap, it behooves the teams that already have the rights to these free agents. You, you know, so Justin Holiday. I mean, he's, he's sort of a, a weird example just because he made so little money compared to what he will make on the open market, I think. And, mm-hmm. and because they only have non-bird rights on him, so they can't really give him a, a significant raise uh, without breaking into their own exceptions. But if you have a guy who, say, has full bird rights coming off of, of his contract and he, you know, and he wants a big deal with somebody, but nobody really has a whole lot of money because the, the cap dropped by so much, the team that already has his rights can pay him whatever you whatever they want, so they've got sort of a, a bigger inside edge. So I think, from a player movement perspective in free agency, I would expect that we would see less player movement this summer than we would in other summers if the cap does you know really drop because the teams who already have these guys' rights can pay them whatever they want, whereas other teams would have to to move some money around in order to to have enough money to pay these guys. That that totally makes sense, Jeff. Thank you so much for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, it's been great talking with you and getting to learn a little bit more. Uh, best of luck to you and your family. Stay safe out there, man. Have a good rest of your day, dude. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. This has been the Indie Cornrows Podcast. If you haven't already, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Check out our articles on IndieCornrows.com. And I hope that you enjoyed the podcast today. I learned a ton from Jeff. I that he could come on and just kind of illustrate a little bit what's going on with the cap and where it's headed and how it may impact the Pacers. Stay safe out there, guys. Have a good rest of your day and go Pacers.